Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Adelics? What the fuckstables? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuck, Anucks? What the fuck, Amalins? All right, that's it for today. That's not the end of the show. That's it for the list. They keep coming in. I thought I'd gotten past this, but they keep coming in. Don't have time to keep up with it. This is WTF. I am Mark Marin. Welcome to the show. Before I get started, let's do this because I just got this going. Pow! Wow! I just shit my pants for sure. That is true. Oh my God. Just coffee.coop. Get that WTF blend. They kicked me back a few shekels on the back end of that thing. It's good, man. They just sent me a few bags, and uh, you can get that at WTFpod.com. I just sometimes forget to drink the coffee because I'm not always drinking coffee. There's a few minutes a day where I'm not drinking coffee, but I just made a pot, so it's on my mind. Do you think the fact that I do, like I eat about 12 nicotine lozenges a day and drink about a pot and a half of coffee, that could be making me a little anxious? Fuck, man. I just got home. I'm thrilled to be home. I've been away for months, it feels like. I come into town, I do some interviews, I do the show, and then I'm back out on the road again, and I'm home, and I'm thrilled to be here. I I would like to open with that. And I'm thrilled that I was home for my birthday. Thank you all for the lovely birthday greetings, the messages, the cards, the presents. Uh, So generous, and I feel really good. I, I don't even know what else to say. I got more birthday greetings from me. My, my father got in under the wire, sent me a, an email claiming that he didn't have a phone and then saying something about, wow, this PC works. I don't know what that means, but he got in under the wire to wish me a happy birthday. And also Bill Nash over at Nash Guitars up in Olympia, Washington, man, he, he decided to give me a guitar, not even for my birthday, just and, and not even for what I'm saying right now. But uh, he sent me one. Uh, It's a beautiful, they call it the T69 TL. It's a thin hollow body Telecaster uh, copy. They do distressed guitars, so it looks all beat up and shit. And it plays fucking nice. So I want to thank Bill just for sending me that out of nowhere. Up at Nash Guitars, that's nashguitars.com. You can see what they do up there. He's uh, making guitars, and he's sending me one. If it was for the plug, so be it. God damn it, it's great to get a guitar in the mail. I mean, I just bought one a couple weeks ago. Brendan Small hooked me up with his guy over at the place. Got my J45 finally, and now I'm going to be home to play these fuckers. I couldn't be more excited. But don't get worried. I'm not uh, too happy. Just a little bit happy. On the show today, before I forget, Will Franken, Bay Area comic, master of uh, characters, to the point where I'm like, who's in there? Who is this Will Franken guy? So we'll find that out today. Fuck, man. Louisville. What a mind blower that was. I did have some pretty moving experiences. I went to the Muhammad Ali Center. And this is one of those things that, you know, I don't know if you're a museum guy. I'd like to think I'm a museum guy, but I've become so busy and so debilitated by being overwhelmed all the time that I'm a kind of uh, stay in the room guy. You know, maybe uh, look at, uh, at some shit online guy. But I got out, had a couple, you know, my buddy Chad. And, uh, you know, Ryan was up there and we were up there doing, you know, driving around, doing the thing. And we got invited to the Muhammad Ali Center. And I'd never really put this guy into perspective. 
I never really, you, you know, you, you know, he's the greatest. You know, he's one of the greatest boxers that ever lived, if not the best boxer that ever lived. But you forget about his life. I don't know how much I knew. And you walk into this place, and it becomes clear that you know, his resonance culturally is so much bigger than just being a fighter. And they broke this museum up in a very interesting way. They got a beautiful film there. They've got a ring there. They've got the uh, they've rebuilt his training camp from Pennsylvania. But it's broken into these different areas around sort of the ethics of his life. Them being respect, confidence, conviction, dedication, giving, and spirituality. These six principles. And, you know, I, I walk in. I'm like, I'm checking it out. You know, I'm checking them off. I'm checking them off. Respect. Yeah, sometimes I have that for myself and others. Rarely for others. Confidence. It's fleeting. Conviction. Uh, nah, maybe. Well, I guess my reaction to that right now would indicate not much. Dedication, I do have. So I can circle that one. Giving. Yeah, I'm pretty giving. Uh, I'm not consistently giving, but I do believe I'm giving. Spirituality, uh, definitely not. Not in any consistent way. So all I've got is dedication, but that's a start. And you just walk through this guy's life. You walk through his life and what he represented. And the fact that this dude, for his beliefs, he was a great fighter coming out of the gate. Then he, he uh, becomes a Muslim and then refuses to go to Vietnam in the middle of you know, the, the sort of his career is taking off as a boxer and as an athlete. You know, he won the gold medal and then he decides, you know, on principle not to go to Vietnam because he's got no beef with the Viet Cong. He's got no he's not going to kill somebody or kill a people, another brown people for white slave masters in the name of what? And he basically goes through legal hassles for five years, loses his license, can't box, sits back and does that, stands for what he believes in for five fucking years, puts a, 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 a blossoming career on hold to make you know, an impact and to follow his beliefs. And what he did for uh, you know, race politics and just uh, anti-war sentiment and just, uh, you know, athletics. And then, you know, later in life, you know, he fought a lot. He fought too much in some people's eyes. And he gets Parkinson's. And then he becomes sort of a, uh, a barometer of strength for people that have these debilitating diseases because he keeps fighting on. He becomes a global ambassador, you know, for peace and spreading love to all people. Muhammad Ali. And I'm sitting there just, they got all these exhibits. You know, they have the lunch counter. They have a lunch counter set up where he was you know, kicked out and you hear this voice, you sit at a lunch counter and the guy's like, get out. You're kind of not allowed in here. Get out. I sat there four times, you know, just to, you know, stand up to that guy. And on the, you know, on the fourth time I stood up and I said, I'm fucking leaving. Not because you told me to four times, but because I got to see the rest of this exhibit. All right. So, you know, so fuck you. So I stood up for that at that moment in that uh, exhibit, but it makes you think about yourself. You know, what the hell have I done? You know, I do this podcast and then I start thinking about my beliefs and, you know, everything is so fluctuating. Would I stand up for anything for five years? Would I give everything up on principle? And then I realize some of these things like dedication or, or I, I don't have any choices in, 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 this, in the way I, uh, of who I am. I, I couldn't have done it any differently. So I can't compare myself to that guy at all. I'm not an athlete, but he does represent something culturally that's profound. And you leave feeling, you know, uplifted, but small. You think like, God damn it, man. I got to, I got to, you know, change my name. You know, maybe add a name, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe like have some hope. Like that's the thing filled with hope. I need a little hope. So I'm thinking maybe I changed my middle name to hope. Mark Hope Marin, 
That would be my fighting name, my metaphorical fighting name. But you never know. I mean, we, I, I left and I went and ate and had biscuits and gravy and shoved shit in my face and talked about being at the Muhammad Ali Museum, feeling small. But I think I'm helping people in weird ways. You never know how you're going to help people. You never know how it's going to come out. I get a lot of great feedback for the show. I'm proud of that. But it was weird. The night after we went to the Muhammad Ali uh, Museum, I went out with a couple local dudes, two in the morning to this place called Burger Boy. It was just this you know, lunch counter. They didn't kick me out. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, yeah, they weren't going to kick me out. I mean, it's a different time, and I'm, I'm not black. Uh, so if I had time traveled and I was black and it was an all-white establishment, you know, there's no reason to even speculate along those lines. But I'm sitting there with a few dudes. They got a jukebox with a limited selection on it. There was a couple of guys sitting in there. Both of them were wasted. It was 2.30 in the morning. They'd ordered and they both passed out face down. I believe it was right across the street from a gay bar. So there's a couple of gay dudes and they're passed out face down on the table like they're napping in, in school. And I pick a few songs on the jukebox. And uh, I picked Love Hurts by Nazareth because I was in that kind of mood to be nostalgic. Here's some songs from the past. And Love Hurts comes on, and these guys slowly wake up, and one guy starts laughing right in the other guy's face. Oh, perfect song. Ah, perfect song. Ah, and the other guy's like, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. And the dude who's saying, I can't believe this, turns around and looks right at me. He goes, who picked this song? Did you pick it? I go, I picked it. And he said, fuck you. Fuck you. And one of the other comics is like, did that dude just say fuck you? Like he was going to start some shit, which is not really my style. And I go, no, it's all right. It's all right. I'm a catalyst for a moment here. This is helping him process whatever bitter bullshit he has going, going on in him. So like I was a vessel. If there's a spirit, if there's a God of synchronicity, I provided a moment for that guy to get angry and process some feelings through the genius of the Nazareth version of Love Hope. Love hope. See, now I'm hung up on hope. Love hurts. God damn it. But anyways, great time in Louisville. Louisville. I like the South, man. I always think I'm not going to like it. It's very interesting being down there because I get paranoid because all of a sudden I become like Captain Jew when I go to the South. You know, like all of a sudden I you know, I somehow put my myself into the 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 body and mind of the victim, you know, and I and I get off the plane and I'm just anticipating, yeah, because shit went down down there. I'm just anticipating a wave or a wall of, of redneck uh, ostracization of me, of prejudice, because I'm selfish, and I think it's all about me. So all of a sudden, I, I amp up the Jew, and I land in the South with all these prejudgments in my head. And every time I go down there, I meet nothing but great people. But it's very ironic, because I land in the South, and... The car is taking me to the hotel, and the first big building I see in downtown Louisville is the Jewish hospital. My first thought is like, well, I'll probably end up there. That's They actually built a hospital for what they do to Jews down here. That was my first thought. My second thought was, that's ridiculous. Obviously, the Jews of the South built a hospital. And then my third thought was like, wow, there's a lot of Jews here, I guess. I'm not even that special. God, they've gotten over this shit down here, haven't they? So in the garage, 
man of a million voices. <laughs> In town tonight. Yeah. How do you bill yourself? You know, I, what I've been saying for the last couple of years is I'm a one-man Monty Python's Flying Circus episode. Are you really? Yeah. Is that what you call it? That's what I call it, yeah. Will like, Franken. Yeah. yeah. For those of you who uh, didn't recognize him from his uh, description of himself. Hi, guys. <laughs> oh, and gals. I, I don't discriminate, so. Yeah, there's no discriminating on this show. Guys, yeah. gals, and those who... Uh, who choose to be in in between? Yeah, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Missouri. Oh, that's right. We yeah. I, I know I talked to you briefly yeah. once before. Yeah, not St. Louis, though. No, it was Sedalia. It's uh, about seventy miles from Kansas City. So, so is that called? The, is that the South? It's um, it's or is that kind of the Midwest? It's the middle. It's the middle. It's the weedy part. Yeah, you know, a lot of blown wheat and. So is it yeah. is it the Midwest? It's the Midwest. Yeah, and it, yeah. and you grew up in a large family on a farm. I grew up with <laughs> no. Uh, I grew up, uh, you know, modest. Uh, mm-hmm. Two, three sisters, a mother and a, a father, and a big wheat field with an electrical tower in the back. You yeah. guys were in the wheat business. No, he was in the construction business. He, my dad, was the kind of man who would break stuff just to fix it. Right. To, so, you including know, his children, or? including his children. Yeah. How did that work out? Did you get fixed, or is that on you now? You know, I never was. <laughs> I never was. I blamed him up until I was fourteen, and then, like, when the tough love after school specials came through yeah. town, it was like, I'm not going to go there. Really? Yeah. So you I'm, were able to let that go at fourteen. Yeah, I let it go. Then who did you blame? My mother. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, <laughs> She was the Dad's next. Dad's all right. <laughs> Mom seemed to fuck me somehow. Yeah, she was the next in line. I was, yeah, yeah, because she didn't leave him. But and I, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It was that kind of situation. So it all did go back to him. He was the vortex. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Everything, everything went through Daddy. We, th- I thought about. I was in Disneyland last night, and I was waiting in line for the. How was that as a grown up? You know what? I've never been as a kid, so it might as well. It was. It was all the same. I, I really loved it. I, I went with a male friend my age, and so yeah. there was a lot of like, we're not gay, and you know. Sure. You actually said that. We felt it. I mean, yeah. there, there was this unspoken thing, especially when we first got on the Pirates of the Caribbean, that that this was different, and that you know it was all mothers and families or young teenage girls, mm-hmm. and and um, but oh, speaking of dad, so I was the last ride was the Peter Pan ride, and mm-hmm. it was about eleven thirty, and I hadn't been sleeping all week for some reason with the insomnia, and I said to my friend, I said, you know, I should call my dad now, who I haven't talked to in probably about ten years, and just really, yeah, just just ring him up and say, uh, you know, daddy. Um, it's your boy. Mm-hmm. Guess where I am, Daddy? I'm on the line for the Peter Pan ride. You thought I was a loser, Daddy, but I got a friend who's got a car down here, and we went to Disneyland, Daddy. You know, I just make a big deal of that. And I was just in his, I could barely stand up. I was so tired. My feet were hurting, and I was just. Did you call yeah. him? No, of course not. No, yeah. no. Dude, uh, so uh, now 10 years. Yeah, and now I got another friend. My yeah. buddy Devin hasn't talked to his, uh, hasn't spoken with his father in God knows how long. Mm-hmm. Why is that? I mean, isn't doesn't that mean that he still has power over that part of you that uh, well, is feeling that way? Well, before I talk about it, you can curse on this. Show, yeah, of right? course. Just yeah, because yeah, uh, it's a podcast. Um, but I mean, I just don't like. I mean, I've been, I've gone through a couple years where I didn't talk to him, but I was yeah. very aware of it that yeah. I would I was going to have to. Uh, only because you, you you owe them that at some point. My dad has a speech impediment where oh, so everything that comes out of his that? mouth sounds like he's going to kill you. <laughs> And I'll tell you what else. It's supposed to rain tomorrow. Yeah. And God damn it, if you think it ain't. Oh, really? You check the goddamn weather report. You know, just sitting there like chains. Menacing. Yeah, very, very scary. Yeah, Yeah, always. But I don't blame him for that. I mean, for whatever his circumstances. It's just I can't really communicate with that kind of... uh, 
you know, so I inherited my mother's, you know, jittery fear all the time. I think I think people interpret that as I'm an asshole, but I'm usually if you see me at a show outside pacing and smoking, yeah, that's years and years of fear that I'm still uh, trying to shake off. That, that you're going to be yelled at for something. Going to be yelled at for something. Yeah. <laughs> I was just telling the what was I coming up with? Uh, I was talking about the uh, the change in the oil in the car. And I was just talking with my friend out there about, yeah. about changing the oil in the car, and then my dad used to. You know, you say, if you're not going to learn to change the oil in your car now, who the fuck's going to do it when you get older? And I would say something smart, like, I'll take it to one of those places. Yeah. That was just, man, that was verboten. Oh, yeah. Missouri, oh, yeah. You know, a man changes his oil and, yeah. uh, you know, so, or, or the apartment line. You know, like, sure. Who's going to who's gonna mow the grass when you, I'm going to get an apartment like yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. do in the movies. You, so you were just a smart ass. Yeah. I was a smart ass. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so you had to learn all those things. And I'm, I imagine one of the other things that uh, men learn in Missouri is how to, resent their fathers for the rest of their life for yeah. all that tough love shit. Yeah, yeah. But you, you don't talk about it, though. No. You, you don't it's kvetch. Just, you don't you kvetch. just suck it up and pass it on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no kvetching. No kvetching. Yeah. We don't even we don't say kvetching out there either. Cause no, of course the not. The Jewish thing. thing we just that, yeah. didn't, that didn't happen out the there. Ju- the Jews just flew straight over Missouri. That uh, No, they made it up a little further north. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. there are Jews in uh, Wisconsin. Yeah. I know there's Jews in Wisconsin. There is a Jew in Missouri too. I have to say because I um, I was making jokes outside of a of a meeting one time years and years ago. Well, I think in the cities like St. Louis and stuff, wherever there was trade. Well, this was in Springfield, which was like a hundred thousand people. And you I was going to call, and I, was make, I made a Jew joke because I figured nobody was Jewish and so nobody get bothered. And Where was this? This was outside of a meeting for mm-hmm. people who have problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know there was this there was this old guy and you know, he always had food stamps jutting out of his pocket. So sure. like the idea of him being a Jew. He didn't fit the bill because not a lot of Jews with food stamps. No, I think that is, uh, you know, that's a little narrow-minded. There, there's plenty of... Uh, there's plenty of Jews on welfare. You what, just got to believe. Well, when people get older, they may not have prepared, and uh, Jew yeah. or no Jew, you know, sometimes you need to uh, need a little help. Even the Jews. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know why you keep pressing this. Yes, By the way, I mean, the, there's no yeah. way that stereotype holds in yeah. the big picture. I mean, when I was a young man, yeah. I uh, I worked at a deli, yeah. uh, Jewish deli in Boston. Uh-huh. And uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, uh, my mind was opened by the fact that all these old men would come in, these old Jewish guys. Mm-hmm. Some of them were cops, mm-hmm. some of them were plumbers, mm-hmm. and one of them used to be a boxer. So I'm thinking, like, there were Jewish boxers. Not yeah. only was there one, but in the 20s yeah. and the teens, and back uh, in the old days, early 1900s, there were dozens of Jewish boxers. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, I know so Jew- fuck I know you I know and one. your anti-Semitism. No, no I'm, I'm really, I'm a FO, FOJ. I'm a friend of the Jews. Oh, okay. Totally. Fine. Yeah. Sure. So what you can say, you, you know a Jewish boxer? I know a Jewish boxer, yeah. An old guy? This guy, uh, he saw a show. Yeah, I would call him old for me. He's like... 50s no no i'm i'm talking about guys in the 20s like when they were the first generation immigrants that were trying to sort of uh integrate or pass or 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 get an angle get a uh uh, that's why comedy was so jewish you you owe us i don't know i may be jewish for all i know okay like i there was a time when my um i was at my grandma's house and my grandma i tell this story to that i I was going to convert to judaism Mm -hmm. until they rejected me yeah and that's how did that happen are you seeing being serious so the Jewish boxer, going back to the Jewish boxer, yeah. a guy comes to my show, sends me one of these. Now, now he's a poet, right? That's been praised by William Burroughs and all that. But he sends me this fan email, and it's so long. So he's got beatnik validation. Beatnik validation, uh-huh. and the you know I love praise, just sure. like the next comic. But this was long. Well, you're doing a great job right now. It was like man, fire, fire, man. It's like the snaps of the dragons, and the dragon snaps in the morning glory of the. Like, he wrote that. I'm scrolling through this thing, yeah, yeah. and I'm just like. We should get together for coffee sometime and talk about art, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's talking about art. So, you know, so I emailed back. I said, yeah, that sounds cool. And, of course, out of sight, out of mind. Right. 
And then he started. He sent me a real creepy email that said, "Well, he said first one he sent was, uh, what are you going to do about the anti-Semitism? Are you going to do a bit about the anti-Semitism in um, in San Francisco?" And uh, I'm not going to get into politics. But. So this guy came to a show in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. middle-aged Jewish boxer poet. Yeah. So he's probably yeah. like uh, at that age. He, you know, you know, he was probably. You know, he was in the hippie thing. Probably loved the beatniks. Was, he was never was actually. He claims he never was. But he's that age. He's he, that age. He came to the yeah. beatnik thing later. Yeah, or he was probably a beatnik and uh, didn't go into the hippie, but retained the beatnik. Okay, so that yeah. age. All right. So he sends yeah. you the uh, the 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 popping poetry, and then you, you, yeah, you're gonna go have coffee with him. Or? Uh, well, he's got this. You know, I I do a lot of you know make fun of the multicultural diversity thing. I do I like to do black voices, Latino, mm-hmm. the whole the whole nine yards. You know, any time I can get a rise out of somebody, it's it's kind of the turn on a right. comedy. You know, and you know, and uh, so then I I don't get back to him right away, and he sends me this email that says. Two empty seats is the subject, and and I guess he was talking about him and his girlfriend. He was like, "Unless we have coffee, you will see two empty seats in your shows forever." And I thought, "Okay, he's going off the deep end." So what do I do? You have coffee. I with agree him. to have coffee with him of because course. I'm You're so needy. desperate. I don't mm-hmm. want to lose a single fan. Right. right. You don't. You don't want the two empty seats curse. Yeah, but from, that, the, from the mystical Jewish boxer beatnik. Right. So he, you know, anyway, he says if you're not doing anything Friday mm-hmm. night. Uh, up in the Richmond district, there's these Hasids, and they get together. And God, there must be just ten of them. Yeah. I didn't realize there were any Hasids in uh, in San Francisco. About twenty. It's about twenty. Seriously, yeah. that probably is that small community. It was pretty small. Yeah, I, and uh, I didn't know what the hell they were doing. And the only Jewish thing that I have is that uh, one time in Missouri, my um, my grandma yelled at my grandpa, and my grandpa turned around and said, shut up, you old Jew broad. Mm. And I remember, and I, and I, I said, are we Jewish? Because I was kind of excited, because I wanted some kind of Is identity. Your, your father's parents? <clears throat> it was, so it wouldn't count anyway, right? Whatever. Yeah. But I was excited, because I was like, finally, I'm yeah. something besides this kind of quasi-white trash nerd kid intellectual yeah. by a wheat field. Yeah, a little Jew thrown in would be good. Yeah, some, yeah. some Jewish, give me something. Yeah. And then I remember my mom going like, shh, shh, and that was it. Uh, never never really brought up again. So then I thought it was a Chabad house, which I guess is return to the faith. Oh, the Chabad Hasids. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So I was going out there and I liked- They're on a mission. I liked the Rebbe when he talked because he would tell stories about the nefesh connects to the heart and the soul. And yeah. it was like Woody Allen was there. But he had that? Really, he really talked like he that? He talked like that and it was nice and compassionate. And right. I really enjoyed this. It uh-huh. was nice for me. Uh-huh. And then uh, I love gefilte fish, so he we'd have some of that um, after the service. After the service, when, when they did the Oneg prayers, Shabbat. I was confused. The Shabbat, and then he'd bang on the table and go, and I'd try to do that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. And then he one day he said, after about three weeks, he goes, "You and I should talk." And so I said, "Okay." And I'm, so this, this is where the the boxer took you, and you went back. Yeah, the boxer didn't know what the hell was going on either. But you went how many times? I went about four or five times. To these services? To these services, yeah. Because lo- I've been looking for an identity my whole life. That's why I do all these characters. Yeah. You know, it's like... I, I, got right, a, I get it. I, I got a it. real stupid story about Catholicism later well, on. But, all right, but yeah. all right. So, so you go back to Chabad, and they, yeah. they're in the business of making Jews, so... They want to return to the faith. Right. Right, so then he comes back... So now's my big day. The Rebbe wants to talk to me by myself. So right. we, we go down, and he goes, so you want to return to the Jewish faith? And I go, well... I, I'm not 100% sure I'm Jewish. And then I told him the whole story about my grandpa saying, shut up, you old Jew. Bro. Right. So the reaction I get is, uh, why, why, why would you want to be a Jew if you're not a Jew? And it was the real, like, you got to be kidding me, man. Right. I mean, I thought you'd be welcoming with open arms or something, yeah. you know? And like, boy, did I leave there with an attitude. Oh, so he basically <laughs> said, we got enough. 
Yeah. You know, if you're not born into it, I can't understand why you would. Oh, really? Yeah. So that was it? So, you know. That's, he, my heart was broken. It was like, well, we Jews are a very exclusive club. You see, we've got Woody Allen, we've uh-huh. got uh, Mark Mann, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't really like to take on too many. So, so uh, but that's yeah. how you felt? Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe was, he was asking you a genuine philosophical question. Maybe, it, I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe he wanted. Maybe yeah. he wanted something more than uh, than the idea that you were just looking for an identity. Maybe he, he wanted to yeah. to hear you conceptualize or or, or 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 explain to him why that form of worship yeah uh, meant something to you, and you wouldn't have been able to answer it. But so you, you chose to take it personally. But you know, in, in, in the end, it was a moot point because up to that point, I was thinking, there's, there's no way I could not eat shellfish. That was the that could, was the deal breaker. How about singing those songs? I mean, Jesus Christ, could you do that every week? Singing I, those songs. If I knew the lyrics, yeah. Did yeah. you watch them do tefillin? Did you watch them tie the boxes on their head and on their arms? And I didn't know? do that. Uh huh. No, so you didn't no. get in too deep, huh? I got in deep enough. All right. And then so it, it wasn't for you. And then I got scared. And then he then he gave me a knife and told me to go with Tex and Sadie up to the mountains and. Uh, no, so it was Charlie, <laughs> Charlie <laughs> no. Manson witch. No, no, no. Man, man, yeah. Manson, yeah. no. But okay, yeah. so that okay, so that left a bad taste or in your brain. Oh, but I still, about Jews. So now you're all of a sudden. No, 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 no. I st- I love the Jews. I, I love Jews. I want to be very clear. Sure. It's just I want it to belong. What happened in uh, mm-hmm. outside of this uh, meeting where people with problems go uh, with yeah. the old man with food stamps? Oh, so, I, so I told you, I was this was this like early twenties. I'm still in college. Yeah, you know, I'm back still in before the Chabad experience. Before the Chabad, and I said, uh, you know, there's a joke about why are synagogues round? Maybe you heard this one. You know, they're not all round, but okay. No, why? I know they're not because the joke doesn't work a lot yeah. uh, the synagogues around so the Jews can't hide in the corner when the collection plate comes around oh that's that's like ridiculously dumb I didn't know what else to say because I didn't want to do any black jokes because there was a black guy there and so you just figured I got you know all I got is ethnic jokes so I'll just, I'll throw it, what so, are the odds you know, and then the guy turned around and goes I'm a Jew yeah and he was a Jew and I go you're a Jew but you got the food stamps you you're, said you're that always too. so ragged you know you're you like, said that too I didn't say that but that's what I thought I was like okay. stunned what and, did you say I said, wow, I had no idea you're a Jew. And I look, I, I like Jews. I mean, I, even at that point, I liked Jews my whole life because I always wanted to be a comedian. Right. And you can't not want to be a comedian without mm-hmm. realizing how many Jews mm-hmm. are comedians. Right. So what did he say? What happened? He ended up telling me his whole story and how he got to the point where he did have food stamps jutting out of his pockets. And I was like, how come you don't tell anybody this story? It's astounding. And he said, uh, nobody would believe me. And I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. But this guy had studied at the at the what's it the Lestan or some some yeah. in Switzerland. Uh-huh. Uh, worked with uh, he worked with the guy who invented LSD, that Dr. Albert Hoffman. Yeah. And oh, really? I was listening to the whole story, and he had he had uh, doc- he- documents to prove it. You know, in this little hobble he was living in, I was like, "You went to his hobble? Wow. Yeah, I went to his hobble. It was nice." So I, how'd you end up at his house? I drove him home. You need a no ride. shit. Yeah. So did he have a lot of like sixty stuff? And there was some cool stuff. I don't want to give too much away in case sure. it's, you know you never. Oh, I've still... I haven't seen him for decades, but uh... so you became friends with this guy. Yeah, I always liked the guy. I said there's something about this guy I really enjoy. But uh, once seemed I like a, a wise old man, a wise old man. And anybody yeah. who's connected with the uh, the original Acid Experience must have been sort of like, wow, this guy's a real deal. At that age. I was pretty impressed. Sure, man. Yeah, acid was a big influence on me. It was. Yeah. Did you do acid? Not much. I yeah. never cut out for it. Too panicky. Really? You panicked on that? I'm just. I panic yeah. in general. I mean, I'm a panicky person, anyways. I, I you know, know that. that's like yeah. But I mean, yeah. so the the acid didn't help anything. I mean, to be you know stuck in that brain, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I don't know how did you handle it as somebody who was unclear of your own sense of self. For me, it just amplified that. You were able to sort of disassociate and realize oh, this is just a good yeah. high. This is just a good time. 
Yeah, like I've realized now because I'm I'm off everything right now, you know. And I like the more I stay off things, the more I realize it was really about putting me in the now. And you can really be happy if you're in the now. Sure. If you get rid of the past and you get rid of the future and you just stay in the now and you go, okay, I have feet, I have shoes, I have oh, yeah, food yeah. in my What's stomach. going on right now? Yeah. Right now, mm-hmm. now, now, now. But eventually you have to you yeah. know, do things. You do. You yeah. have to plan. Sure. You know. But it's best if you're not sitting there doing things going, ah, oh, I fucked this up. If I had done this oh, a week God. ago, why don't I do this next week? Yeah. Why, how come I can't do this better? Yeah. Yeah, so you got to yeah. kind of use the now as a base. Yeah. You know, nice, you know, solid base, the now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that, uh, you know, when you're engaging in whatever you're engaging with, not take that baggage or assume the worst. I always assume the worst. I don't actually, you know what, I'm getting, I'm getting much better. At it. But you so should, what were you saying though? I, it's my belief that yeah. you know, from being sober myself, that all that struggle for identity, you, you realize if you give yourself a little time to breathe and think that you you, mm-hmm. you are you have a self, and uh, it's probably a lot more defined than you think it is. You know, whether mm-hmm. you like it or not, that's a whole other issue entirely. That's what it is. You know, like this whole idea of being equal with people. Mm. In what way? Always is a, is a frightening concept. You know, like because the way you introduced me at, at Cobb's a couple months ago. Oh God, what did I do? It's I annoying. was I was cool with it, man. Because you and I have had this kind of like tension. I don't even call it tension. Like when I when I first did Air America with you, I, my ego was just really starting to kick in. Like I think what was it oh three oh four? Yeah, you you were in New York. No, I was in San Francisco still, but I was starting to get a lot of acclaim and all this thing. What did we do? I had you on. Yeah, I was on, and I was what I was. I was so nervous and I was so freaked out, and I had, and the only way to get over that fear is to buffer it with ego. And then I think I, I forget what you said when you introduced me, but it was like, yeah, this guy here I had a real resentment against, and uh, yeah, I thought he was a dickhead when I met him. Yeah, I don't know, I'm paraphrasing, but I came. Out, I was totally cool with that, but I was freaked out. Like I got out there, I go like, okay, man, like uh, let's, uh, let's gotta keep. It. I gotta keep up with Mark here. Man. Yeah, I don't want to yeah, fuck yeah. up because like. Like being myself is not my thing. I usually go out there and I'll, I'll be I'll be British or I'll be Australian. I'll mess it up a little bit. I don't want anybody to know who I am. Yeah. But but you know my curtain calls. I do. Once I get through forty five minutes of like I'm somebody else. Now it's like okay, who the fuck are you guys? Talk to me. Um, yeah yeah yeah. So come that was the, that, that was new. I come out there yeah. at Cobb's and I'm just me. Yeah. With you and and I'm the first. And you yeah. just introduced me going. I thought this guy was a real ass. I mean, yeah. he's smoking. He's yeah. long hair and he's yeah. skulking. And. uh this one guy sent me an email. He goes, man, that Mark Marin was a real asshole to you, man. Yeah. Like, what was his trip? And I go, no, no, it was totally cool, man. I yeah. probably deserved it. Well, I don't know yeah. if you deserved it. It was one of those things where, like, the you know, I, I had seen you, mm-hmm. and, you know, despite myself, you, you know, I thought that, you know, a lot of your stuff was uh, was good. It was well thought out. And I just always had, I thought there was an affectation to it. In my yeah. mind, and I don't know if I discussed that at the Cobbs one, I can't remember, yeah. that, you know, if I can't see somebody, someone's self, yeah. You know that you know what risks they're taking. I feel like it's affectation. Like even mm-hmm. though your bits were good, yeah. I thought like you know, well, the, this guy's just you know, uh, he's doing the genius number. Isn't that is so wild, man? You know, like it's like you know, wow. like I do all these voices and, yeah. and like I'm uh, you know, I don't really do stand up. You know what I mean? You that know, I know. <laughs> that I day. tried to write. You know this, and this is weird because like now I'm 37, mm. and sometimes I thought all these years that if you were just a genius, you could just do that and then your life would be easy like my and i was talking about my wife leaving me earlier my, my wife left me in 07 uh, one she said something to me one time she goes i didn't marry you for posterity and because when she took off i was telling everybody because we can get painful on here right yeah because i'm over this now so it's totally good. i'm like sure, it sounds like it but, yeah. Uh, yeah what what month in 07 did she leave you it was uh april mine ta- too tax day 
My wife left me, I think, on April 22nd, 2007. F- I was April 13th. Yeah. Fuck. You're not over it. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. It was funny because my friend Chad back in, uh, he lives in Arizona now. He's, he used to, uh, he runs SF Stand Up, mm-hmm. his website. He, he said, uh, man, you should, you should get together with Mark Maron. You should talk to him because uh, his, his wife just left him. Right back and then, I, back then, and it was like because I put out um, I put out a podcast episode, which is all characters and stuff. But yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if you heard that one where I'm um, I'm calling Gillette customer service about the razor blades, and I said, well, I'm I'm using them on my wrist, but I'm bleeding and I'm not dying because I was out on my ass. I didn't have any place to live. I mean, it was like how long were you super, with her? Three and a half years, roughly. That's how long I was with mine. That's how long I was married to her. Were you with her before? I was with her I, uh, about eight months. I no, I was with mine a few years before, and then I okay. married her for three and a half years. I think it came about eight years and changed altogether. Yeah. Yeah, yeah being left is, uh, that's a bad scene. So, yeah. okay, so she said, what, I wasn't with you for posterity? Yeah, I was doing a gig at Harpen Hot Springs up north, and I, I, I would go on this thing. Like I didn't expect to be a comedian. I wanted to all my life. And it wasn't, I moved to New York and it's like, okay, here's how the, you know, you bring five people, they pay $5 to get, I said, fuck this, I'll just fucking be a New Yorker, you know? And I, when I ended up in San Francisco, I really kind of feel like I fell into it. Well, I I mean, but you're, that San Francisco has a certain amount of, um, they like freaks and they, and then they like, and they're, they, they sort of will indulge a more, uh, esoteric and more lyrical comedy mm-hmm. that they have a tradition of that. I mean, the, yeah. the whole sort of uh, San Francisco art scene, you know, from, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, I think Lord Buckley was there. I mean, Lord they're, Buckley, they're, exactly. So yeah. there was, there like, I've, when I, I came into my own a bit more in San Francisco because mm-hmm. of that as well. You got to hone a lot of stuff. I'm I don't, well, no, I know. What I was able to do was, uh, you know, be myself. You know, yeah. when you go to New York, it's, it's about punching, you know, just sort of like, you know, tag, tag, yeah. tag. Yeah. And it was never really my bag. I didn't like the pressure of it. But San Francisco, I was able to indulge uh, something. I, I don't know, yeah. but I felt that I, I just decided it was part of uh, the 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 heritage of that town was to support and, and indulge people that were unique. Yeah. I, I I totally agree. I um, and things were going really well. I mean, yeah. I was getting like I got to be on the BBC. Right. I got written up by the New York Times. Comedy Central was inviting me in their offices and stuff. Yeah. And and. And you know, but I couldn't be there as a person, and right. so, and so I I told if you ask me now, like, did it, does it make sense that your wife left? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it was she stayed with me much longer than she needed to. Well, why? What was it? What was the emotional dynamic that was so taxing? Because you were like, like I would do a show, like I was doing the theatrical shows there for a while, or or you know, the one man show. This had to be the biggest, most brilliant thing with the light cues and the sound cues coming in, and then I'm going to end up with a plane crash, and. uh and then that was never. Then I do that, and then it was on to I couldn't be intimate or because I, I was on to the next big thing. And oh, the, so you could yeah. never really uh, lock in with her. Yeah, and I was I was always trying to sell her on the idea that this all day, uh, you know, this will make sense one day, baby. You know, when I would sure. I would say sick shit like you talk about the genius thing. I would say sick shit like you know when they interview you for the A and E biography. Uh huh. You're gonna understand what this was all about. Oh, so you actually yeah had fooled yourself into you talk about grandiose. Yeah, yeah you had that, yeah. huh? Yeah, yeah. I, w- I wish yeah. I had more of that. My grandiosity was always inverted. So like I was grandiosely really? angry and bitter. That is, like, you know, I, I thought I was a uh, you know a bitter genius, a genius yeah. of bitterness. I envy that. Why? I'd much rather be think that I was the fucking I was the shit. Were you able to socialize well in the comedy? 
circle? Yeah, no, I'm, I can talk to people. Yeah. Well, yeah. now you can, but could you? No, no, yeah, I always was. But yeah, I went through a fairly cynical period where I would, you know, put people off and I was angry. Yeah. Uh, but I've always been a pretty social guy. I mean, deep down, I just, you know, I like, you know, when people want to hang yeah. out. Yeah. You know, I, I don't always want to know what to do. And then if they hang out with me for a little while, I'm like, well, what are we doing tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And they're like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, well, we <laughs> just hung. You know what I mean? Like, I, uh-huh. yeah, I yeah. become a very needy friend. Yeah. You know, if I have yeah. one friend, I'm like, you're in, buddy. You're mm-hmm. the guy. Mm-hmm. Where are we going now? Mm-hmm. What do you mean you got to spend time with your kids? I have needs too. Yeah. <laughs> I totally understand that, man. <laughs> totally, man. So, okay. So, you, you, so she left you because you, but you didn't rage. You weren't a shithead to her. You were just all about yourself. No, there was a couple times I threw dishes. I threw a, I threw a thing of laundry detergent, not at her. Right. I just right. kind of slammed on the ground. And when sure. you, when you do that with laundry detergent, it, yeah. it just bounces, bounces up and yeah. explodes. So it was, oh, so it was undramatic. <laughs> it was a, it was know. a comedy. However, what I was doing, cause I was smoking so much weed at the time. Yeah. And I was smoking weed because I didn't want to drink. Cause I, yeah. I knew what happened when I drank. So I thought, well, if I just stay high all the time. And uh, I, uh, you know, I was I was telling everybody like I never hit her, I never cheated on her, as if those are the only two things you could yeah, do to be yeah, a bad yeah. husband. I just emotionally was not there. Because, well, yeah, I did that. I did a know. bit about that, like what you know, where I, after she's leaving and I'm out, I'm yelling outside. I didn't hit you. If that's, <laughs> if that's all you got, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you know, they, exactly. If that's all you got to sell yourself, uh-huh. you know, you, you, it's going to be a hard sell. <laughs> You're fucked. Yeah, that's yeah, it. you know. He was a great guy. He never hit me. Yeah, and um, uh, wasn't really there emotionally yeah. as the person. I mean, I never knew who he was. He was always locked away in a in a in a cabin under the ground. But <laughs> he never once struck me, and yeah. that. And for three years, I thought he was a genius. <laughs> it was the genius shit, yeah, yeah. you know. And to realize, I I feel like I've come through this vortex, and it's a very there's this term getting right sized because mm-hmm. if i'm not grandiose i do have the low self-esteem yeah and and um i guess I was, that's usually what it's hiding i was afraid to call you yeah about you know coming over here at two today it was yeah like, okay i gotta call mark because i'm afraid my mark's like, well yeah you know what uh, let's not do it today and then i'm gonna go you know yeah i'm gonna move back to missouri and be a greeter at walmart you know because i have this really? script. That's, I have a, this script. that's the plan b that's my that's script. A, that's the first yeah. plan b yeah you really do hate yourself if that you know yeah, yeah totally. out of the list of other possibilities that's it man. yeah you're gonna yeah. be a greeter at walmart my friend, my friend says something really profound to me. He says, uh, "This guy back in San Francisco, he says, there's part of you because I have a hard time with the fear of success thing, but I think I'm finally understanding it. There's part of me, he says, that wants to go someplace like the Idaho and work as a greeter at Walmart and be really funny, and then people will tell you." hey, you should have been on Letterman rather than the guy who actually tries to get on Letterman and fails. Right. And I said, bingo, you have it to a T, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's frightening. Yeah. And I think I came across to a lot of people. I think I don't know if to you, but like when you when you said when you introduced me, I think I didn't have any problems with it because I thought you know if he's being honest, that's honest, man. I probably do put a little a lot of people off, and they just you for know, me it was a context thing. As, you know, as, as open minded as I am, and, and as much as I can appreciate, you know, just about you know all forms of creativity, mm-hmm. you know, even if whatever they are, yeah. There's always been, because I've been doing comedy as long as I have, I've seen about every manifestation of comedy personality. Yeah. Like, I've seen, like, you know, you know, the, you know types of comics repeat themselves. Yeah. It's not a stealing thing. No. It, it's like, you know, there, there's the angry guy, there's the oddball, mm-hmm. there's the like, I'm weird, you know, and then there are the dudes that are like, you know, you know, clearly this is very difficult for me to do on a stand-up stage. Uh-huh. Because, oh, you know, yeah. I work in, uh, you know, like one character, you know, that's 10 minutes, man. So if I've only got uh-huh. a 12-minute spot, I mean, I, you know, I, it's, I, I can barely do it, but I'll try. So, like, there's You this- got it, man. Keep going. <laughs> 
This is better than any shrink I've ever had. Honestly, when you said that with he's doing the genius bit. Yeah. Because there's this guy back, another guy I work with, he goes, he booked me for a gig, mm. right? And it was one of those, and the closer it got to the gig date, it was like, mm. hey, uh, looking forward to that gig. Yeah. You know, and then like nothing was being said about it. I go, I have a feeling I'm going to get fucked out of this gig. And we got closer and closer to the gig. He goes, well, you know, I thought about it. I mean, these are kind of some normal people, and you're kind of that, you do that crazy genius thing, and I go, oh. And now I realize, man, I mean, you know, it's not that I want to, I don't want to stop doing what I do. No, but, there, but what I was saying is that there's yeah. this, there's a point where when you do that, when you decide to do that, mm-hmm. that you know the it's built in yeah. that if it doesn't go well, well, it's their fucking fault. I mean, I I you, you, this is what I do. Yeah. So yeah. so in my mind, it was like if you're not going to honor the context uh-huh. on some level, uh-huh. uh, then you know okay. then then go fucking you know go go be in a black box theater for four people and and uh-huh. and. And call yourself a genius. Okay, you know, doing it, you, you know what oh, I'm saying? I, I love it. You're just you're just totally whittling me down. This is beautiful. No, no, but I mean that was that was my feeling. But then, then, but, but I knew, yeah. you, you know, when I saw you later, that there was a bit you did on pornography that yeah. I liked, and that you know the character pieces I have no problem with. I am a yeah. big fan of guys who are able to uh, what they call or what they used to call people a stage, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a, a single character or a dialogue between characters. Yeah, that if you can create that space, I mean that is John. The Swift, right? You, or not Swift? Uh, look well, that, look, they look all my did. ego. I meant uh, Winters. Yeah, yeah. well, that'd be either way. I mean, they're they're both pretty high up there. But yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, Win- Winters could do it, but you know, Lenny could do it. I mean, you yeah. know, Shelley Berman could do it. I mean, you know, guys did it. Right. I mean, there was a a, a time where you know there were these guys that would do long you know, structured bits, and mm-hmm. some of them involved a phone, and mm-hmm. some of them involved two or three characters. Bill Cosby's another example. Right. It wasn't that. I mean, comedy used to be that. I mean, the yeah. original stand up yeah. comics, a lot of them did that stuff. But but because it doesn't fit into the culture we live in now yeah. in in that way yeah. uh, it's a little more it's a little tricky and when, there's not a lot of cats that do it when but you we'll, say honor the context though like getting back to that like, oh i mean that you, you can't get up in in front of a stand up crowd yeah. uh and and then say uh don't give them a way in by propping up the fourth wall well no it's not even propping up the fourth wall it's just sort of like you know i you know i'm not going to let you see me yeah so yeah. so like you know so profound man. I but feel, you know what yeah. I'm saying? No, absolutely. I mean man. the weird thing about Winters yeah. having just interviewed him and then yeah. even listening to his records because he was a pretty mainstream cat. Yeah. I mean he was no sort of subversive. Yeah. Uh, and and he's he comes from an incredibly dark place with uh-huh. an incredibly shattered sense of self. Mm-hmm. But you always felt that heart of his, and you always felt how heavy it was, and he always sort of landed there. Yeah. That like you know you know through all his characters. Uh, you know this this humanity comes through. I thought I always thought that was Richard Pryor too. He'd do the junkie or the wine. Sure, no, he did a few characters. They, and they you, all did it. And you listen to him, and you go, "That that guy is torn up, and he's but he's revealing himself." Oh, absolutely. And I have, couldn't, I, couldn't hide himself. I have. I started to do that about, like I said, with, uh, about two years ago. How did you solve that problem? I mean, what was the angle? I, I got to where I was like. I'm doing, you know, if I do a headline and set, you do 45 to 50 minutes. You get through the whole thing in one piece. And that's, yeah. what, that's what it feels like. Whoosh, I got through it in one piece. Because sometimes I do the voices and it's just like, I'm not connected to the voice. It's just I know there's a voice that comes up now. But I get through it in one piece and now I do this kind of Q&A thing. I go, you guys have any questions? Yeah. And those are the, I cherish it. I will go on for 25 minutes on top of the 45 minutes just really loving the fact that i can say okay i'm going bald up here yeah you know which is something i never would have, first off i'm vain and i always we always have this thought that we go do a gig yeah and every girl's gonna love us instead of somebody that knows Jesus what christ i yeah. wish i had the type of grandiosity you had. isn't it sick 
It is. No, it's not sick. It, yeah, it can be very. Of it's, 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 no, a healthy amount of that can be very, uh, very good. A certain amount of like, if you can get it not to go to astronomical proportions. I always assume they're going to hate me. That's that's what that's my self centeredness. I, I never. You do all right. I bet. Don't you? Don't you do all right with girls? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's because you have that attitude. I think. No, I mean, then you get these girls like, oh, he's troubled. You do, yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> do you ever get the girls that want to use you as a fixer-upper project? All of them. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they admit that. Yeah. But then I started to realize, like, you know, most of them are, 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 are I'm fixing them up too. Yeah. You know, they can, after three years, they're like, I don't hate my dad anymore. I can move on. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know I, I've helped them out. Because you know. you're the, what, the replicant dad or what? Sure, I do a lot of that. Okay. Do a lot of uh, replicant daddy work. Dad replication. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm a stand-in. So, I, I, mean, I, I become a, a some sort of burning effigy for their father eventually. You know, the Q&A thing is so, so refreshing. It's like, some, like one of the things, I'll talk about baldness. Yeah. I go bald. Right. I'm going bald. Yeah. It seems like a very ordinary thing to do. Yeah. Because when I first would hear somebody, like there'd be a, a, a fat guy goes up, and I used to blow my mind. When I first hung around other comedians, right. it used to freak me out. And I would go through this, who do you, who, who's the hardest to deal with? Comedians, poets, musicians you know of all the open mics that you could go to like yeah. back in new york and like i always thought comedians were the hardest because they're always working in stuff yeah reminds me of lorena bobbitt and i was like yeah, what yeah. the pancakes do <laughs> how do the pancakes remind you of lorena bobbitt you're looking for an in man yeah a reference yeah like, something to, uh, to tether this to people's yeah. collective consciousness right so i see it you know that you see the bald yeah the bald big guy goes up there and he goes so uh so uh i'm uh i'm not married yeah, okay, so he's going to do that. That's your stick, man. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So here I am. I'm talking about baldness, and I'm talking about I wished I had the Jack Nicholson baldness, which is the kind of like yeah. he goes up yeah, the yeah. forehead. You go, Wendy, darling, light yeah. of my life. You know? Yeah, yeah. But I've got the yarmulke baldness, yeah, and I'm yeah. not even Jewish, but yeah, I, yeah. I don't have the nebbishy thing to fall back on. Right. And I tell you one thing I learned too: at six foot four or five or whatever the hell it is, I can't be nebbishy. And I've always tried to be nebbishy yeah. and get chicks that way because it looks like the path of least resistance. You just, I'm filled with angst and yeah. they love you. Yeah. And yeah. But he's yeah. cute. He's, yeah. Yeah. I can't, you can't do that at six foot five. You're yeah. expected to be a yeah. man. Yeah. And, and hew an axe. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever you yeah. do with axes. Yeah. Or, you know, or hew yeah. a stone with an axe or whatever. Yeah. But, I don't know what you But I'm starting to be honest doing. about stuff like that. And it really is nice. No, yeah. I can feel that. I sense that from you. And, and, yeah. and it, it tells, you know, it's sort of, you know, I spent a lot of time you know, avoiding myself, but I did it through anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but I, I'm a very vulnerable, hypersensitive person, and mm-hmm. only in the last few years am I able to to do that. Yeah. Uh, so I did it in a different way. I wish I could create characters. Like, you know, the mm-hmm. idea that you actually thought, why don't I become this to mm-hmm. do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, if I become this, I can get that. I sort of understood that, yeah. uh, but I could never figure out a way to do that with any sort of integrity or be genuine about it. It's. I, I think the first, mm. like, the, I tried to write a stand-up set in the yeah. conventional sense when I was like nine or ten. Because yeah. I was, I watched Comedy Central when it first came out, and before that was Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Uh, reruns that so they was the local television mm-hmm. affiliate would show, and I was just obsessed with it. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'll try this, and I got down a piece of paper, and in nine or ten, it was like about the school bus. Yeah. So one thing that sucks about the school bus, and I tried doing it in my room when my dad is out mowing the lawn and doing some manly thing, and I was always hung up about this. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not hunting and fishing. I'm in a room with a piece of paper going, you know what's weird about having parents? And yeah. I think I was so embarrassed by that. And then by that time, a couple years later, I got into Monty Python, and I said, that's what I want to do. It doesn't have to be connected to anything. Like, it can be absurd. It can be absurd. It can be, because that, I don't want to say that's the stuff that, that makes me laugh, but it, it 
when I first saw Monty Python, I thought this is the kind of stuff that I would be embarrassed to do for other people, right? Because they would think I was crazy, right? Like I have this bit now. Uh, it's a singing guidance counselor, yeah, and, and it's just a simple, you know. And I was embarrassed to do this, and now everybody does it that sees my show. They go, you know, hey, I love the, but it's like, uh, Mrs. Johnson, I have your daughter's aptitude test. They show that she's mentally retarded, mentally retarded, mentally retarded. Yeah, that's the bit. Every time he says mentally retarded, he sings it like that. Yeah, and I was afraid to do it because it makes me laugh, and it's this weird thing that I would do in my room. Yeah, and now people are going, hey, hey, Will, mentally retarded, mentally retarded. Yeah, and I go, wow. And that makes me feel good. Yeah. Like, I'm not the only lunatic. It's like right. when I first heard Frank Zappa's Uncle Meat. Yeah. I'm not the only weirdo out there. Or Samuel Beckett. Yeah. Like, waiting for, I'm not the only weirdo out there. Yeah. And you put yourself in pretty big company. Yeah. There's a lot of... There's a lot, yeah. Look at that. You yeah. think that's grandiosity? <laughs> I'm think, just saying that there were weirdos before me. <laughs> there'll be weirdos after me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. No, but I mean, if you gravitate towards that, I mean, I agree yeah. with you. I agree with you. And and I think that that's why, uh, you know, I don't necessarily have any judgment now mm-hmm. uh, from when I first saw you. Right. Uh, but like, I could not, like with me, like if I can't see where someone's coming from, mm-hmm. Then I'm like, eh, I don't know what the fuck to do with that guy. Yeah. You know, where, where do I put that guy? You know, because yeah. I couldn't like, you, you know, you were dodgy. You know, you were you were dodgy on an interpersonal level, and and on yeah. stage, I'm like, where is that guy? What's he doing? How I don't get a sense of who he is, and it's making me nervous. And he seems to be doing this thing. So I, I you know, my judgment. I mean, I I like what you do. That's why I had you yeah. on the show. Yeah. But I, I wasn't sure how I was going to engage with you, or, or you yeah. know, what the parameters of what you do was. You know, it's like I want to go back to because I I. I probably burnt a lot of bridges over the years and because I it is fear like the voices almost like a Dahmer thing it's like you know when we said like I ate people so you know I could keep them close to me or whatever as long yeah, as yeah. I mean I don't want to steal from Dahmer that he, no. that he did his thing but yeah, um, yeah. you know back in Missouri I, I think at 12 years old I would I would meet girls and I would do my version of a British accent back then and sure. like you know, oh I come from Wickenhamshire yeah you know because I didn't want to be the kid yeah whatever the hell that was living by the wheat field yeah you know and, and it was a it was a safety thing and even today like if I hang around somebody I'll and if I can do their voice I feel like that's nice I can do their voice or sure. something like that at the, but at the same time like fear kept a lot of it intact to where I was deathly afraid of re- revealing who I am. And then now that I'm 37 and I'm going like, okay, I guess this is middle age. I'm not sure what the mid- midpoint is, but that I want to um, I want to go back to all these people and say, hey, I wish I would have done it this way. Oh, this is me. I want you to meet me. <laughs> this is me. Yeah. And I do these voices, but I'm not, I'm not a freak. I'm not going to kill you or your children. I'm just a guy that does this weird thing. Do you really think that they felt threatened? Man, I said this to somebody one time. I said, you know, I think that they're afraid of me. And what I meant by there was the industry. Because I was having a bad time in the industry. You know, I, I didn't know the words to say. I didn't know yeah, how to talk. Yeah, but also they don't, talk. like, you're one of those guys that, you know, <laughs> if it's not happy-go-lucky shit. I yeah. mean, I think that the fact is, is that you have this, uh, and I'm, I'm no psychoanalysis person, and, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm not a therapist, but... I mean, if you have the same thing I do, it's like not only you're not getting, not only you're not being yourself, but the characters you have, yeah. many of them, you know, seek to offend. So, 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 not only do they not yeah. know you, but uh-huh. they they see your talent. Yeah. But like, you know, even the people you're making up are are, are assholes. Yeah, some of them. <laughs> well, no, no, I yeah, or, or they're stupid, or they're really oh, like, right, you right, know, right. or like, you know, what is satire though? Satire is presume presume you have to presume a higher moral ground, I guess, or some kind of you know. 
Like uh, I, I don't know if satire was a you know a, a way of life. I, yeah, I mean, I know, it, and I lived it as a way of life, it, unfortunately. <laughs> and then I got to go back and like, like satire is a like mode, the boy in the plastic that? bubble, except I'm the boy in the satirical bubble. It's like, uh, wait a second, I really want to. So I mean, but in retrospect, as you you know you sober up and you're you're trying to. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, be uh, you know, be kind, and you know, I think yeah. you also are able to, after a certain point, separate yourself from your craft. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm Will, and and this is this guy. Yeah, you know, you know, I yeah. mean, there was definitely a feeling I had when I was talking to Winters, where it's like, oh, well, this is me, and, and now I got this thing going. Yeah. You know, that yeah. that he was very able to sort of say, like, these are my bits. Yeah. I mean, even someone like William Burroughs. I mean, one of the things yeah. that blew my mind when reading him was mm-hmm. that when he wrote. Naked Lunch. Yeah. I mean, he saw that stuff as shtick. You know, he said, yeah, this is a Benway shtick. You know, the, these uh-huh. were, it was a vaudeville to him. Yeah. That, that you know, he had that separate, that distance from, mm-hmm. like, this is the shtick, you know, this, and this is me. Yeah. So I, I, mean, and I never had that. Right. You were, you were it, just scrambling. I was scrambling and I was, and I'm learning a lot. I mean, like, I, I would give this shit away for free, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, okay, so for example, girls. Yeah. There's shit with girls, and I always blamed it on the fact that I grew up with sisters. Yeah. If you're afraid of your father, yeah. and all you have is women to raise you, yeah. you're not going to really get like, dude, when a chick says no, she yeah. means yeah. You're not going to yeah. get that. You're yeah, yeah. Like, hey, well, let's play with, you know, you're yeah, going to get yeah, fucked yeah. up somehow Sure, a bit. sure, so, sure. you know, I had that, but now like- But one, you should have a, a more profound or deeper understanding of women. It's actually worse when it comes to being a man with women. Yeah. And so if you do accents and voices, and there was this girl- recently came to the show now should have been in the bag right? yeah, yeah i did the show where's my reward sure you know and instead it was so she she came back with something that's really you want to get me on the chain you go hey will will you do your russian accent again for me yeah oh, well of course i will do my Russian. you know yeah i'm right there now yeah. she did it with, with a friend and it was, it was one of those uh two guys in a dame kind of like you know yeah. singing in the rain kind of things i'm walking like, i gotta get the dame i'm yeah. will i'm will who's Frank. the other guy yeah it's my friend out there oh right now this is what you're supposed to do and that's all you're thinking she asked me to do an accent yeah and then i give this chick about nine or ten accents one after can you do this can you do a texas guy can you i did every single one yeah and i got laughs yeah but the other guys can you do an accent Nah, you chicks it's always more yeah i mean the idea of saying that to a chick was just profound did he fuck her no okay he didn't because he had tact but you know that's I give it away for free because uh-huh. it's because it was that's yeah. all I am. I am nothing but my talent. Yeah, and I there's nothing. And I even told my wife that too. And yeah. I thought I was going to get something like, uh, "No, baby, you're so much more." So I don't know what. Pr- pr- let's propel the drama, the boy who nobody loved, whatever this shit was at yeah. the time. But yeah, it was so intertwined that I would say to her, "If you get rid of all the voices and the faces in the New York Times, and I was on the BBC one time, there's nothing there." You know, there's nothing, no, there's nothing underneath. No, but I mean, there is. You, you just have to dig you have to him find out. it. Well, yeah. what the, well, what the, what, so what do, you, what do you think it was? I mean, like, what was this dynamic that uh, made you so afraid to be you? I just have always, I don't know, man. I like to say I have a fear about things being really boring, you know? Yeah, but that's like, like yeah, that's, I get that. I get that. You get that too? No, no, I man. I mean, that, yeah. I understand it. Yeah. That you got to keep it lively. You got to keep the juice going. I don't know. You know what? It's just like, I always feel like I never. Fuck, I am so confused, man. I mean, I, I, this is one of the, the biggest breakthroughs I've ever had, just sitting here right now and you saying that if you take it out of the context. Because, like, do you know Charles Crumb? Remember the movie Crumb? Sure. Yeah, I, I do a Charles Crumb character. And 
I do it very rarely, but I get a bathrobe yeah. and I buy a pair of underwear the night before and I pour coffee over it and burn cigarettes in it. Uh-huh. And then I, I wear those. Yeah. And the whole bit is I open up the ship and I had depressed AM because I'm living with mother. Yeah. You know, it's real. I don't know. I don't know what I expect. It works in a theater, in a comedy club. Not always, right? Because nobody knows what the hell to make of it. Like, you, I, I actually get dressed on stage with his underwears and I'm so depressed. You, you want to see a comedy show? Yeah, mother's charging everybody $20 for the comedy show, you know? Well, he's one of the most heartbreaking characters. It's painful. It's but, so- but, but see that, I mean, I don't have any issue with that. It, mm-hmm. I, and I know it's a hard sell. Like, you know, a lot of times I do comedy clubs. And I, what, what am I doing here? I, yeah. mean, I was just at a casino gig at Foxwoods in, okay. in Connecticut. I'm like, yeah. I, how, my people aren't going to come out for here. And some of them did. But I mean, yeah. this is not the type of... Of, I'm not an entertainer in the right. way that, like, I can usually get any audience. Yeah. But I'm going to have to get them by now. What I do is I'm like, well, you don't know me, mm-hmm. so let me try to show you who I am. Right. And I'll spend about ten minutes mm-hmm. explaining who I am, mm-hmm. and then move into the material. Yeah, you know, I, I because I'm yeah. not, I'm not, you know, you're sort of like just walking off the street, kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am, if I'm honest, yeah. I can do that. Yeah. But I do have that moment where I'm like, I should really be in a place that's specially suited to me. <laughs> you know, I was, I, I brought up that character because I'm standing there in a the bathroom, and the guy that's going on before me is doing what, whatever you know, stand up comedy. Yes. Yeah. You know, and he's doing that. Yeah. And he's getting laughs. Yeah. And in my, here's the thought that goes through my mind sometimes. Sometimes, not all the time, right. but sometimes the thought goes through my mind and says, why do you have to do the type of shit that you do? Right. Because if you didn't do the type of shit that you did right now, yeah. you wouldn't be so freaked out. Yeah. You know, uh, like right, right, because you're sitting there. Not only about to go on stage, but you're like, "Oh fuck, that guy's killing." He's just doing these one-liners, and now they're not even going to know why I'm wearing a bathrobe. Yeah, eighty uh, percent of them are not going to know the character I'm playing. Exactly, and so yeah. they're going to spend my entire set trying to figure out uh-huh. what the fuck I'm doing and whether I'm really this guy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I do, you do the guy for three or four minutes, and then you go into another character. That's, right. That's the whole Monty Python principle. Right. And I do have some bits that I do that I know will work in a casino or no you know, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. but then i have some that like this wasn't a casino this was the well, like okay but yeah, yeah but what about like the thing like i think the thing that separates you then mm-hmm. uh is that you know when you're dealing with people that do what you do in the context of stand-up comedy mm-hmm. uh usually they do you know probably most of them i would say even you know jonathan winters richard pryor mm-hmm. um Bill Cosby, yeah, that they you know they at least have ten to fifteen minutes of their act uh, doing their family, yeah, doing their dad, yeah, doing their mom, uh, yeah. doing the guy in the corner. Mm. This is my experience, yeah. not just like yeah. uh, one after the other of these characters that may seem like they're not connected mm-hmm. uh, as just a, a sort of showcase of several characters. But you yeah. know, like you get this sort of like there was this guy on the corner. Maybe you know this guy, yeah, boo boo bad bad. Or or, or or, or I know my dad used to like I'd yeah. be sweeping and rah, 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 rah. it's getting away another thing story too, getting away from uh, you know like getting back to the Jewish boxer guy I mean he you know it was getting political too sure. I realized I could I could do a satirical point about politics and the more of those you do the less personal you get well that's why I got away from it. That's why I want to get away from it. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to get away from it, but I, that's why. Like, no, I mean, I'll make broad political points, but yeah, you know, it, 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 I'm, I'm just an angry guy. You know, you give yeah. me some some sort of, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. how do you want me to push my dough through? Yeah, you know, what yeah. shape do yeah. you want that angry dough to be? <laughs> uh huh. You, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like so. I'm going like to a Play-Doh factory. I'm squeeze yeah. out some yeah. hate cookies here. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. do you want me to mix it up a little bit? You want sprinkles on your hate cookie? That's nice. 
that's true. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, but, I mean, what was your old man like that he shattered this uh, ability for you to to sort of you know, you know, pull together a full sense of self? You know, it was weird. I did, there's a storytelling show. Have you done many storytelling shows? Some, yeah, sure. Yeah, there's a storytelling show. The first story I did, Killed, it was about this Mexican chick that I worshipped like the Aztec sun goddess. You know, like, that was going to be my life. When I was hitting bottom drinking, Yeah. you know, I said, well, you know what? I'm having a hard time with this career thing. I think I'm just going to, like, learn how to watch Big Brother on her couch. Mm-hmm. And that was going to be my life. For eight months, it was my life. So you life. just pictured yourself in a... In a sort of uh, urban, uh, urban lower class Latino existence, it was like heaven, man. You're and just sort of like, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be this guy. I'm going to live with her and her family, you know. And I actually, did be- she know about that? I became a Catholic, man. You know, and the two weeks after I quit alcohol, I was like, what? Because you f-? met a girl? Not because I met a girl. It's because I was really like, you know, kind of starting to crack out there in Jersey. You know, yeah. where I was living at the time. I go, you know what? I think I'll. I don't want to go to AA, but I think I'll start going to mass. Yeah. You know, I did that whole fucking thing. And then two weeks after I sobered up, I was like, what in the fuck did you do? I kept the necklace. But most of the other, it's St. Genesius, patron of comedians. Well, how how, how but, far did you go into the Catholic thing? I got the whole holy oil. Well, you, the, wait a minute. So you went I in? I became a Catholic, yeah. I went in for like a, it's like a whole year-long process if you convert. The Jews wouldn't take me. The Catholics would, but you got to go through the whole course. And so now, how did you walk into that situation? Because I was going to AA, and there's this third step. You know, yeah, my, my right. sponsor, who I was arguing with all the time. Yeah. Because I like to piss people off. I like conflict. I yeah. like the, you know, the political incorrectness thing for me. It's it's a rush. Yeah. It's like you know, and so I got into this thing. And the guy says, "You should. You, why don't you pick a spiritual path?" And I knew he was a Buddhist. So I go, "Okay, fuck you. I'm going to be a Catholic." Right. And so, and I expected a fight, but since he's a Buddhist, he said, "Good. Talk to a priest." Good yeah. Time. All right, I will. And then yeah. I started going to mass. And I'll tell you, when you start smoking dope and yeah. doing the rosary, yeah. it is kind of... And then you watch The Exorcist. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of creepy... You wouldn't have horror movies. Oh, yes, hundreds of years. Centuries of creepy shit. Creepy shit. Right? Yeah. Then I got through it, and then I fucking moved back out here, fell wait, in what do you love mean you got with through it? You, you, you saw a priest. Yeah. But don't let me forget that last train of thought I was no, on. I won't. That uh, was you, good. You, you, I had a caboose and everything, man. I'll, I'll, okay. Wait, yeah. So you... you <laughs> You see a priest, uh-huh. and you go through uh, Catechism, confirmation. confirmation, the whole, yeah. You did all that? Yeah, because I wasn't raised anything. My mom window shopped denominations. Uh-huh. She could be a Lutheran one week, next week she'd... Her version of Christianity was, one day your mom's going to be dead and buried, and you'll have to think about all the things you did. Mm. That was her version. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't any formal. It was just... So a, you went to confession and all that shit? I did, yeah, and I kept confessing drunkenness, and he kept reminding me there were AA meetings in the church every Thursday night, and I said, yeah. I'm trying to get to those fathers. I live right across the street. No Hail Marys? I did the Hail Marys, yeah, yeah. the whole thing, yeah. So you're still a Catholic? Then. On paper, yeah. If you were to ask me what God is, I would say he's the guy that gives me enough money to pay rent, like, you know. Right. So what about this me. Mexican girl? So, uh, you know, I met her, I moved back out here, and, you know, this shows you how little i was interested in comedy at the yeah. time i was like you moved uh, back to san francisco moved back to san francisco because new york was like i you know i moved there to show my ex-wife that you know well you know what i'm gonna be on tv and suck my dick and you know i don't yeah. need anybody i'm gonna fuck everything in the world you yeah know? and then uh, that didn't work out too well and I, <laughs> I you, said you didn't get through. I remember the. How wind. close did you get to everything in the world? Yeah, Just the a couple. Uh, no, I don't even want to go into that. I was yeah. I went about two and a half years with nothing, man. 
you cannot meet women if you're only smoking weed. You will do shows, and then you will go out with them afterwards because you're the genius. Yeah. That everyone says, you get to know the genius. Yeah. So I go to these parties, and I'd end up talking to a girl about, wow, you spilled that on your dress in the eighth grade. <laughs> and your hands don't do anything. And so I started drinking again. It was like, wow, I can go to Hooters and put my arm around a waist. You know, yeah. I can live this Jim Morrison kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Jim Morrison at Hooters. Yeah, I read Jim- that chapter. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you meet this Mexican girl, and you're Catholic, and yeah, she met her at Bible study, and uh, you did? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah this okay. is how this Will Franken went to yeah. Bible study, again, yeah. You know, and I, I was the church was right across the street, and I was like, Bible study Tuesday nights, and I went there, and it was me and a bunch of. This is back in San Francisco. Back now? In San Francisco. I moved back here with my tail between my legs. But going, you're still going to mass, and still going to mass, uh, still doing shows. What year is this? Oh nine. Holy shit, that's like two years ago. Yeah, fall of 09, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're a mess. I was a total mess, man. I still am a mess, but much better. Yeah. You know, really getting there. Go to the Bible study, there's a, you know, there's a bunch of old people, and then her. Yeah. And uh, I argue everything. Like, they got the kind of, like, San Francisco Catholicism, which is like, you know, yeah, but should we start a war with people? I mean, isn't it, you know. And it's not because I believe in it. It's just because I want to, like, let's get some conflict out yeah, of this. Yeah. I'm, the, I'm the long-haired guy in town that's going to, like, shake shit up in get this church. Get some juice. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to be a comedian. I was doing a bunch of voices. Yeah, I was no, in the New so. York Times. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break some action to this Bible study. Yeah, you're going to make yeah. some old people uncomfortable. <laughs> make some old people uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I did that the first Bible study. Next Bible study, I come back. I didn't even notice this chick. Yeah. About, I'm getting ready to start an argument again. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I go, holy shit, this chick is hot. Yeah. Totally missed that. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with everything that everybody said, and it was yeah. like an, an eight month roller. So you went the other way. You're like, I'm going to impress her with how deep my Catholicism is. I did all that, and then you know what? She didn't care. She doesn't care. Yeah. And then we went out on the first date, and she said something about, uh, you know, Will, uh, you should be a priest. Mm. And I go, Oh no. She, I'm gonna have she to thinks I'm holy. I gotta get. I gotta tone down on this show. Okay, uh, no, I don't want to do that because I want to get married again one day. You know, oh, now I'm shit. trying. To, I'm yeah. trying to do my old mo, which yeah. is like you know, I'm, I'm Mr. Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, yeah. We're gonna be romantic. Yeah. What you want the moon, Mary? You yeah, know all yeah, that shit. Yeah. Well, that's not working either. Uh-huh. And man, it was when things were going good with her. It was just fucking. I remember the first kiss. What fucked me? Well, you know, when I started drinking again. Right. I asked her out for a date. Yeah. She said yes. Uh-huh. We had coffee. Right. We talked. I didn't do anything. Yeah. I asked her out for a second date. We went out to eat at a Salvadorian place. Then we hung out at a bar afterwards, and I had soda pop, right? I let bought her a vodka. Yeah. And then there was a live blues band, so I got up and sang Roadhouse Blues. Uh-huh. Right? Okay. I got a hug. Hooters version? No. <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. It was good. Yeah, okay. Some white guys playing guitar. Yeah. Then the third date. I was, I was living on an air mattress with cigarette burns in it. How did you Which do that? deflated that? the purpose. Yeah, I'll say. So you're living on a deflated air mattress. Across from the church yeah. with roommates. There's tar on my blinds because uh, I smoke yeah. indoors. Uh, yeah. There's a pink bed sheet for a... Right? So I sent her a text because I'm assuming she's going to say no at some point. Like, no, I don't like it. Let's get it done with. I don't yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I sent her a text going, hey, because um, my roommate's going to be out of town. I said, which I don't have roommates anymore. I want to be very clear that life has gotten better for me. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Because I don't want any of your listeners going, gee, he's a loser. He's a ru- yeah, I'm going to send him an air mattress. Don't send him an air mattress. I have a bed now. Okay. But, she, but I send her a text. I go, 
how about dinner at my place on Thursday? Now, the problem is I don't know how to cook. Right. So she said yes, and then I spent the next four days panicking. I went on Facebook. Every girl that had ever seen a show of mine before, like, hey, not doing any shows right now, but how do you how do you know if chicken's done? What, what should I do? <laughs> yeah. And the girl came over there, man, and, and you know how people diagnose you? Like yeah. if you're too lazy to go to a therapist? Like, sure. You're at a fan you diagnose need. you? Sure. Yeah, you seem to be what you need. What you yeah. need. Yeah. What you should do with yeah, your career. Yeah. I got diagnosed with uh, avoidant social personality disorder. Uh-huh. And I went to the DSM and I read it. I go, wow. By this girl? No, by somebody else. A, a professional? Facebook fan, no. Uh, <laughs> I go, you yeah, nailed yeah. it, man. Yeah, I got. I could think I recently got uh, some sort of anxiety disorder, which seemed to fit. Did you diagnose yourself or somebody else? Not a fan. What, yeah, what was what it? your problem you was. Uh, it was some sort of nervous anxiety, you know, something, uh, or anxi- some sort of anxiety disorder. Aren't we crazy fucks, man? Well, I just like all the names, you know? That's, yeah, uh, that seems I like too, good. Whatever gives us a window in to the next phase of work we need to do on ourselves is fine. Yeah, that we or that we want to avoid. Yeah, yeah. key. You know, I'm trying not to avoid too much, though I do avoid a bit. You know, because if you get to the bottom of it, there's I don't know if there might not be anything there but a crying five year old. Yeah, you are talking about like you know you finally find out you finally find yourself and it's like yeah, it's not really bad it's and it's not really good. It's just eh. yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm scared of. I'm not. I mean, give me the crying five year old. I like that. It's just the kind of. You already got it. Really? Yeah. Ouch, man. No, <laughs> Ouch, man. That's gonna be the whole thing. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I. But see that even that's ridiculous. This idea. Well, if I strip it all down, I'm not gonna yeah. be anybody. Uh-huh. Really? You really think you're gonna be able to unload that much fucking wiring and baggage? The yeah. thing is, you're wired a certain way. That's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can either you, you can either. Uh, you pull a, a a lever up and make a circuit not connect anymore. Yeah. Or or you can sort of temper it. You know, but it's not. You're not all of a sudden going to be like, oh God, I can't talk anymore because mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. just uh, I got rid of everything. Yeah. You know, because even that's a fucking sham. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the the fact is is that there's some parts elements of your personality. They're they're there, dude. I mean, you know, yeah. you can take different actions and and maybe train yourself not to do certain things. Yeah. But you're not all of a sudden going to do some sort of therapeutic work. And just be, yeah, that shit just gets washed away. Yeah, you know, you're right, man. You're right. I, not, I mean, that's that sort of like the hole in the yeah. donut thing. Is that the yeah. fucking thing you're talking about? Yeah, because I, t- I tell you, man, after sobering up, I I, uh, I I keep saying that the writing slowed down. And it probably, it probably did. But what I, what I realized is that I'm actually like lazy because everything to me was a party. Like it had to be a party. I didn't Getting off it. on it. You get off on it, yeah, and that's and I think that's part about being a professional comedian. Yeah, is that it is work. And some I had a friend who was a musician. He says he never went to make it with his music because if he did, it'd be a job. And I go, yeah. oh, shut up! It'll be yeah. a big party all the time. Yeah, and it's not when you start to do things professionally, and this does become your major source of income. It, it is kind of like I got to go to work. Yeah, I guess you just you know? no, it's, it only gets frustrating when you haven't got a new bit, and then you just kind of wait it out, and yeah. one will come. Yeah, you know. But I mean, let's let's get back to the dinner. Yeah, okay. So she said, "Yeah, yeah," which freaked me out. Fear yeah. of success, I guess. Right. So you, you got enough information to put a dinner together. I actually went to an AA meeting that morning. And yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't been for like two, three months, maybe. Yeah, and I went that morning. I go, not that I want to help with drinking, but I went there because I wanted to see if any of them had any ideas about what Cooking? I should cook. Yeah, and. uh Blah, blah, blah. You know, and I knew something was going to happen. About three o'clock that afternoon, I go, I remember going, I have to get married again soon. So I don't have to do this shit anymore. Right. So uh, 
three in the, three in the afternoon. I'm making this thing. She's like 30 minutes late. She comes over, and I don't have anything to say. And if the sauce is pink, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I bought some cake from Safeway. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're talking. I go, hey, um, <clears throat> there's something cool. Um, I, uh, I got a fan, a fan of mine, because I have fans. Like I do the com- remember the comedy thing. I'm big. I'm a big important person. You know, this is what yeah. I don't say that, but this is what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. a very important person who has fans, right? Yeah. Um, I have a, a avoidant social personality disorder. Yeah. <laughs> and and what her line in the script was, you yeah. know, because we all have the script. Oh, this script. Yeah. Oh, baby, you don't need to be like that. You know, you're You know what? I like you. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and I want us to be together. You know. I mean, I know it's crazy for me. She goes. Damn, Will, you got a personality disorder? And I go, oh, that was the wrong thing to say, wasn't it? Mm, mm, oh, so, so we go fucking like, she says something. I mean, just crass. The yeah. woman has no tact. She's like, do you even work out, Will? I mean, she, all this stuff. I go, oh, my God. Oh, and then she, I get a hug, right? Yeah. And I can feel there's a liquor store about 30 feet away. Like, yeah. I know my feet are walking there. I make two half-ass calls to AA people, yeah. not wanting anybody to answer. Two pints of Jim Beam, and that's it, man. And, I'm, and it was, I thought I was done with her. Yeah. And Did you eat the cake? That wasn't enough to get rid of her. Did you eat the cake? I don't know what I did. I remember I ate that pink stuff with the ragu sauce. Oh, yeah, you did yeah. That, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, so it went on? Yeah, she'd like resurface, and she's like, what are you doing Thursday? And I'm like, but I told you that I have, and I'm weird, and and you know I don't work out, and and, yeah. and you know, and I realized what it was. Like I can't, you can't see the visual here on the podcast, but I told her mother, I said, you know what the deal with, with I can't say her name. Let's call her R. Yeah. But I would take like a cigarette lighter and say, yeah. I say, here's the deal. This lighter is me, and the rest of me is your daughter. And then I would just kind of flip the lighter up, and I go, hmm, what am I going to do with Will today? You know, yeah. I was totally at her mercy, man. Uh-huh. You know, I I had never made a woman my god like that before uh-huh. but i think every man i think i don't ever done it with a woman before and i think every man needs like once in his life to have that kind of experience just to feel the pain of when god leaves yeah because when i came in to AA, yeah i said uh i really had to say like, i don't care if i ever get a girl i mean i don't know what i've just been through but i mean it was all inextricably tied i had i had two girls going at once one that was you know uh, what they call the second stringer. So the first time I've seen two chicks at once. Yeah, which made a lot of sense actually. Sure, backup you know? plan. Backup plan. I've yeah. never done it before because I've always been this 18th century romantic. You know, Mister Genius. Yeah, who like you know lives like Jonathan Swift and isn't he brilliant? And nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> Sorry. And then and you know the phrase, how's that working out for you? Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, I like it. And the guy who's my sponsor now, he looks at me and he goes. So you're doing like the 18th century, you know, I'm a romantic individualist, uh, you know, approach to women and art and all that. Yeah. And he goes, how's that working out for you? <laughs> and for the first time in my life, I, I didn't brush away that question. I go, actually, it it never has. And I think I'm done with that shit. So now I have sex with women and I enjoy it. I go to Disneyland. I just live life, you know. And the comedy's Okay. Comedy's getting there, man. I mean, I tell like sit, sitting here with you now. First off, it's it's uh you know it's a big deal. Yeah, you know it really is. I and appreciate it's like, that. Yeah, and uh, I was nervous coming over here. Like I said, I was gonna like you know, I call Mark and you know, Mark Mark thinks I'm an asshole. Nobody does. No, I was looking forward to it. I was looking forward to it too, man. Did we cover it? Jesus, man, we really did. Yeah. 
it was effortless, man. I was a little afraid with the beginning because I thought, oh, oh, this is banter. How's my banter with Mark? I got to keep my banter up. It's good talking to you, Will. It was great talking to you, Mark. All right. Right on. All right, that's our show, folks. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Interesting guy, Will Franken. Please go to WTFPod.com. Got new shirts, posters. Get on the mailing list. I'll send you an email every week with some stuff and some shit and stuff. Kick in a few shekels if you'd like. We're trying to build a new premium package. Got some new merch coming up. Got some new stuff coming out. We're busy uh, loading up the first 100 episodes on the DVDs. Get yourself some Just Coffee. Do whatever you got to do, but please go to the site. We got some, we got some fun stuff coming up. We're creating a YouTube channel for some of the footage we've been shooting at the live shows. Next week is a big week. Uh, John Hamm is on the show on Monday, and Brian Cranston's on the show on Thursday. Uh, look forward to that. I did want to throw a plug uh, the way of uh, the GotchaMediaBlog.com. If you go to GotchaMediaBlog.com, uh, he's been doing some stuff on us. He's uh, been covering me. So I uh, want to throw a little love his way. Hope everything's all right. I'm going to play my new guitar and just realize that I'm 48 years old. 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 